you enjoyed that old song. It's a great song, has a great message in it, and the Lord uh, uses these songs to bless our hearts, and I'm glad that we can find a friend uh, in the, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if a man has friends, he must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, so we can count on that. The Lord uh, being our friend and always taking care of us uh, here in, uh, in this world. Our scripture lesson today is in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 9. If you open your Bibles to 2 Samuel, chapter number 9, Old Testament scripture, and want to use this, uh, I want to just read one verse and use that for a text, if I may, uh, down to verse number 7. Uh, let's read verses 6 and 7, so we'll get the connection here who... Uh, David is is talking about, and the, the verse that I want to concentrate on is verse number uh, seven. Would you mind to stand with me, please, for the reading of uh, these two verses, verses six and seven of chapter number nine? It says, "And when uh, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the so, uh, son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence." And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and blessing and thank you, dear Lord, for a privilege to come back to church today where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we sure do need a time like this when we can visit with our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ and when we can sing the songs of Zion and when we can look into your word and find the tremendous truths that you've spoken to us about how you care for us and how you love us and how you're concerned about us. And where we can just take some time to worship you and put the world out of our mind, the things of this life that trouble us so much that we can just lay it aside and for a few minutes can concentrate and think on the Lord and the goodness of God. And I pray, Father, that you bless us today as we worship you together. Would you help your servant, Lord, to say the things that need to be said in this, in this uh, service today, Lord, that would honor your name and would bless the lives of these who are here present. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number seven, I want us to think on, and David is talking here to Mephibosheth, and he makes some tremendous statements in this verse. Verse number seven, David says, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now that's a promise. That's a promise from the king. That's what, uh, uh, that's what David, uh, the promise that David had made. And I'm glad that we can count on the Lord taking care of us. Mephibosheth is, one of, uh, is the one that David is talking to here or talking about. And... Uh, Mephibosheth got a rough start in life. Uh, he uh, had some problems. He had some physical problems. In uh, 1 Samuel, or 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4 
tells about his handicap, his feet. He was crippled in both of his feet. Uh, he wasn't born like that. He was five years old. And uh, when uh, uh, David had took over the, uh, the kingdom and, and some things that wasn't going very well, and, and uh, they were trying to flee for protection, and, and uh, he failed, or the nurse failed with him, the woman that was taking care of him. And he became lame in his feet, both of them. But that really didn't make any difference with David. It really didn't make any difference. And you know, when we get to looking in the right way and at the right things, handicaps don't matter much, really. Physical handicaps. Sometimes, you know, we talk about uh, how the Lord made us and sometimes we grumble about how we look, uh, but it really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it, uh, uh, it doesn't matter how we look. People get used to us and whatever they are and uh, we, we, whatever we look like they get used to that and, and, but you look inside you look inside the person that's what you look for uh, strength and beauty comes from within I've seen people who uh, were kind of knockouts when you look at them in the, uh, in the face you know and when you was around them a little bit you think man you ain't near as pretty as I thought you were you've got a bad rotten turn and that that, just, that takes away from a lot of the things you say. Uh, but so David here was concerned about what went on. In chapter number 9, down through this chapter, it talks about the things that happened uh, between David and Mephibosheth. And David wanted to show kindness to the house of Saul. Now remember that Saul was dead now, and David had taken over king, and, and David was king, part of uh, Israel at one time, and then he took over the whole uh, uh, kingdom. And, uh, and David wanted to do something for, uh, for the family of Saul for Jonathan's sake. Not for Saul's, but for Jonathan's sake. Uh, and Jonathan and David were the best of friends. You, you, you remember reading about this story of them a few chapters before this. And back in maybe in the, in the book of 1 Samuel of how uh, Jonathan and David uh, stuck together and they were close friends as close perhaps as you could ever be. Uh, they were friends and they loved each other very, very much. And I remember that Jonathan making the statement one time, says, David, he says, I know that you're going to take over the kingdom. And he says, I want you to be the man in charge and I want to be under you. I want to serve under you. Now remember, this was the king's son that was talking to a boy uh, that was from a, a family that was a poor family. Uh, in Israel, considered uh, to be a poor family. But he says, you're going to be the king and I'm going to serve under you. Won't that be great? Well, it turned around, it, it, it turned around a different. Uh, 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 Jonathan died the same time that his father did in the same battle with his father. He died, but, uh, but David wanted to show kindness uh, to, the, uh, to the house of Saul for Jonathan's sake. Uh, now, it, it's amazing how we do things because of somebody else. You know, we, we follow tradition. Uh, we set aside certain days to honor certain people of the country and, uh, and the nation and, uh, and the world that, that's, uh, that's done something for humanity, uh, done something for, uh, for other people. And we set that, side aside, uh, that day aside to remember them. For their sake, they're to get the honor. They're to get, to get the glory out of that. And that's what we're supposed to do. 
If that if that day is going to be set aside for them, you know, I, I heard somebody talking about, uh, you know, that uh, their their uh, uh, church or or some churches are going to close out services on Christmas Day, and said, I can't believe it's the Lord's birthday, and we don't go to church on Christmas Day. You know, we're too busy. We got too many irons in the fire. We're too busy to go, and and that's what it's all about. And then we talk about we got to keep Christ in Christmas. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't know if Jesus was born on the 25th day of December, and it really doesn't make any difference with me what day he was born or what day we keep, as long as we uh, uh, honor that day and respect the Lord for what he has done for us, you see. And that's what David is saying here, but he says, I'm not doing it for Saul. I'm doing it for Jonathan's sake, for Jonathan. He's the one. Uh, oh, man. Hey, if, John, if Saul had had the disposition of Jonathan, Saul would have made a king like David. And that's the truth. I believe that he would have made a king just like David. So he says, I want to do something for the, uh, the, uh, the house of uh, Saul for Jonathan's sake. So he asked if there was any of Saul's family that was around. And, uh, and they told him that, that uh, Saul had a grandson. And most of the family was dead now by this time. Uh, and, uh, but uh, it said this, uh, uh, that uh, uh, Saul had a grandson uh, by the name of Mephibosheth. And he, uh, he's crippled. Uh, but he's Jonathan's son. And David said, that sounds like a winner. Uh, that sounds like a winner. He said, I want you to find out if there's any of Saul's servants around that I can talk to. Uh, that, I, uh, that, I, that, that I can find out. And they found a man by the name of, of, of Ziba. Uh, that was Paul, or Saul's servant uh, uh, during the time of, of, of Saul's life. And so uh, he, he talked to, uh, to Ziba, and Ziba come and told him about, uh, about Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth comes in the presence of David in verse number 6, that he comes and he bows down to David, uh, bows down to, uh, to, uh, to, the, uh, to the ground. And, and he was afraid in verse number uh, 6. Uh, he, uh, it, it tells us that, uh, that he was afraid, or, or, or one of these verses. And, and David reminded him here in verse number 7, uh, he says, uh, the verse that I read, he says, fear not. First of all, he says, don't fear. Don't be afraid of me. I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, you know, sometimes we need to fear God. When, when, I was, uh, when I was a sinner, I was afraid of God. Honestly. I was afraid that God was going to kill me. I mean, you know, I got in a mess. Man, I tell you, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was ignorant about the Bible. I didn't know anything about uh, the scriptures and what the Bible taught. Uh, I just knew that I'd been told that there was a heaven, there was a hell, and, and that uh, I was a sinner, and I knew that part. And that if I didn't get right with God where I was going to go to when this life is over, and I believe that as much then as I believe it right now, this very day, uh, and, and, and I was afraid. I, I, you know, I was, I, I was a rotten, mean old sinner, and, and I, didn't, I didn't care for much of anything, and, uh, but, uh, but I got scared sometimes. I was afraid that I was going to die. You know, I, that, that certain things had happened, and I'd kind of convinced myself that I was young, and I need to get that stuff out of my mind, and then one day when I got old, I'd get saved. And all of a sudden, my brother got sick, a young man, 24 years old, hardly 24, and he died. And I thought, man, that ain't going to work. Hey, he's just uh, six years older than me or something like that. That's not going to work. He was young. 
Uh, he was young, and he hadn't been sick very long either, and, and problems that people uh, live with today for years. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't live uh, very long, and, and he died as a young man, still looked like the picture of hell uh, when he died. And I thought, man, that, that, that ain't going to work, and that made it worse. Mercy sakes alive. And I remember, you know, I, I started dating Madge and, and uh, Madge was going to go to church one Sunday night and invited me to go to church with her and her family. And uh, I didn't want to go to church, but I wanted to be with Madge. So I thought, well, I'd rather go to church with you than stay at home without you. I'll just go to church and, and endure the preaching. And I went and that preacher might as well dismissed everybody else and just preached to me. Yet to the righteous scarcely be saved. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? And I tell you, man, he preached to me. Oh my, I got under conviction. I didn't get saved that night, but I got under conviction, never got over it. I mean, uh, you know, we, uh, the, you remember the story about the old farmer, uh, you know, that, that went to church and, and nobody was there that Sunday morning but him and the preacher. And the preacher said, well, brother, he says the weather is bad and, and, and nobody's here but just me and you. I, I suppose we might as well just have a prayer and go on back home. And, and, he's, and the farmer said, hey, wait a minute, preacher. He said, I'm here. He says, you know, said, when I go out to feed my cattle, he says, if there's just one old cow comes, he says, you think I take that hay back to the barn and don't feed her? And the, and the preacher apologized. He said, I'm sorry, Brother Jones, we'll, we'll just go ahead and have preaching. And he got up and boy, he, he just opened his Bible, took his text and started preaching. And I mean, he was really getting with it. He was really getting wound up. And after a while, old farmer Jones took about all he could handle. He said, wait a minute, preacher. Wait just a minute. He says, when I go out and take that wagon load of hay out there and just, just one old cow comes, I don't feed her the whole load. So, <laughs> so that night, the preacher gave me the whole load. Now, when you can get people to come to church just to come with you as a friend, don't hesitate to get them to come and be proud of it. I did not go to the church at Chestnut Grove Church that night to hear the preacher. I went to sit with Madge. I sit with Madge, but I'll tell you right now, all that was on my mind was what that preacher was saying and telling me that the righteous people are just going to barely make it and can't do anything for me, can't get saved for me, and told me where I was and where I was going. Uh, <laughs> I was afraid of the Lord at that time. I was, I was, I was abs absolutely afraid of Him. But when I become a Christian, I have a fear of God in my life but it's the same kind of fear that I had for my daddy. My dad was the best friend, one of the best friends I've ever had in this world. He was such a good example and such a wonderful dad. He never gained a whole lot in this world. Well, you raise 11 young ones, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good accomplishment. And none of us have ever been in prison. Maybe we got by with some things we shouldn't have, but... Uh, but uh, but uh, but Dad uh, was but I had a fear about him, and that fear turned into a reverence for my dad. I never sized my dad in my life. And when I was a grown man, and Dad would talk to me about the problems and the things that I'd got into, and was telling me what it was going to do to me, I never talked back to my dad. But I had a holy reverence for my dad, 
And that's the same way it is. One of the writers says, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's the kind of fear. But here, Mephibosheth was afraid of David. Now, back in those days, a lot of times when this king went out, that all of his children, and especially the boys, were killed by the king that come in. They killed him. It wasn't right, but that's what they done. And, and Mephibosheth was afraid. And David told him, don't fear. That's what God is saying. Don't be afraid of me. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Now, I've got some friends that uh, uh, are strong, that could beat the daylights out of me. Uh, they just about break me in two. But I'm not afraid of those friends. And the reason that, I, that I'm not afraid of them, I know it would be the most stupid thing I could do to pick a fight with them. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, but, but I'm not afraid of them. Even though they're big enough to beat the daylights out of me, they're my friend. And that's the way we feel about God, that God is our friend. So David told Mephibosheth, don't fear. He says, I'm going to show kindness. Surely show uh, uh, thee kindness because of Jonathan, because of your dad. He says, hey, I can't be mean to Jonathan's boy. Hey, we was the best of friends. We were the very best of friends. And I can't be mean to his boy. It says, it's all right, it's all right. Don't you be afraid. Don't you get upset. Nobody's going to hurt you. And I promise that. I promise that. And Mephibosheth talked to David in, in, in verse number eight. And, and uh, he bowed himself, uh, uh, the Bible says here, uh, and, and said, uh, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Jonathan said, I'm not worth very much. I'm crippled in my feet. I couldn't march in uh, with a bunch of uh, soldiers. I couldn't do anything. He says, I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, a dead dog. I, I, I'm, just a, uh, I'm not an asset. I'm a liability. Uh, I, I can't do anything much. Why do you even think about me anyway? And David says, I'm doing it for Jonathan's sake. I'm doing it for Jonathan's sake. But you're going to reap the benefit. You're going to reap the benefit. And David instructed Ziba, Saul's servant, says, I want you to go out and get all the land that belonged to Saul. I'm gonna, that, that, that all of that's going to be restored to you, and it's going to belong to Mephibosheth. And he says, what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to take your, your servants, your family, and I want you to tend the land, and whatever the increase is will go to Mephibosheth but I want you to take care of it. You'll be fine. You'll have a good living. Everything will work out great. You know how to do it. You was a servant of Saul, his father, and you know how to be a servant. You know how to farm. You know how to take care of the land. You know how to take care of these things. You, take, you go and get this land, and you take care of it, but the benefit is going to be Mephibosheth's. And Ziba went out and done that very thing, and he farmed that land, and he took care of it. And down in verse number 13, David said, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, and he did eat continually at the king's table. You see what happened to this man? 
He was a crippled. And he wasn't able to do very much. Both of his feet were messed up. I didn't know how many bones that you could break in your foot until I went to see Dr. Mason and saw a picture of the, bone, of the, of the skeleton of, of the foot. And I thought, Lord, no wonder my feet hurts. <laughs> how do them bones get to know which one to work anyway? I tell you, isn't it amazing how the good Lord has made us? You know, it, but, but he was crippled in both of his feet. He had problem. You don't know what it's like. If you don't have a sore foot, you don't know what it feels like. You say, but oh, preacher, I sympathize. You don't know what it feels like until you get a sore foot. You know, I was blessed for years, and I could just wear whatever I wanted to put on. As long as it wasn't too tight, I could just wear it and go on. Uh, but that changed over the years when I had some problems uh, with, with my feet. And Mephibosheth says, I'm nothing. David says, you're very precious to me. You're very precious to me, not because of who you are. I didn't even know you. I didn't even know you. I didn't even know anything about you. I, uh, David maybe had never seen him before in his life, but he says, you're precious to me, and you're going to come and sit at my table. You're not going to go out there and live at the same place where Ziba is going to be and where the servants are going to be. They're going to work the farm and take care of that, but you're going to be at my table. You're going to eat with the king every day we sit down. You're going to sit down just like one of my sons. Now, isn't that the way that God has offered a plan to us? Every one of us come, un, uh, come in that category. Uh, God gave his son and allowed him to come to this earth and allowed him to suffer all the things that he went through uh, in this earth uh, for uh, 33 and a half years and ended up on the cross and given his life for us in order that we might be saved. And we might have been a disgrace to God and, and dishonored Him and dishonored His Word and, it, and dishonored the things that He's blessed us with here in this world. But because of Jesus Christ, God loves us for His Son's sake. God so loved the world. That takes in everybody that's in the world. It takes the people in America it takes the people in, uh, in this very uh, community, that we're in this very church house that we're in today, and not just this church house, every place where people have assembled together today, regardless of what they might do, regardless of how they might worship, or how they might treat God and treat His name. God loves every person that's gathered in the churches today, regardless of where they're at and what they're doing. God loves those people. He loves them, and everybody in the world is loved. It doesn't matter what kind of shape we're in physically. It doesn't matter what color we are. It doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter how our body looks. It doesn't matter how sinful we've been. God loves us and still loves us today, and he loves us because of what Jesus did. And he will do great things in our life because of what Jesus did, not for our sake are the good things that we've done, but what Jesus did for us. Isaiah talks about Jesus Christ, that we uh, make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see that his seed shall prolong his day, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We come to God, and we come admitting that we're guilty, and we're failures, and we come short in life. We do that. We come and trust Him as a Savior and a Lord. If we've never been saved, we come and trust Him as Savior and Lord. 
We don't have to tell the Lord, I thought, you know, I had to repent of every sin I'd ever committed. Hey, I ain't old enough to do that. I tell you, I can I can remember, but I I didn't want I didn't want to uh, to to, uh, to live in sin any longer. And I even tried to reform myself, but it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. Oh, I you know I uh, I cut out some of the mean things I was doing. Uh, some of them, but as soon as I lost my temper, right back I went. You know, and I tried. I thought I tried. I thought, man, I can handle this, but I I couldn't. I couldn't. But you see, I had to trust Jesus Christ to take care of my sins. They were all there, but I thought, well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I haven't mistreated anybody today too badly, you know, and, and, uh, and if I did mistreat somebody, they deserved it, you know, I, uh, and I'm just kind of helping the Lord out to take care of it. You know, th that's the way it, that my life was messed up. But when I come to Jesus Christ and trusted him as Savior and Lord, he gave me a peace in my heart. I wasn't looking for that. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just wanted the assurance that I was ready to go to heaven and I wasn't going to hell when life down here is over. Uh, I've heard people say, I've even heard preachers say, hey, some folks get, just get saved to escape hell. That's me exactly. That's all I knew. I didn't know how good it was to be a Christian. I didn't know how good it was to trust the Lord and how the Lord could help me and, and help me get my mind, uh, my head screwed on straight. I didn't know that. I just knew I was lost and I didn't want to be lost. I just wanted the Lord to save me and forgive me my sins. Uh, Ethel Cyphers, uh, uh, her family was in a mess. Her husband was uh, a, a moonshiner, a bootlegger, whatever the kind of, and I've heard him talk about this. And uh, he got a real bad health and he almost lost his eyesight. Uh, she said he would come to the table and, and you know, they used to have those prints of butter. I remember when I had cows and milked them and mom made those old round prints of butter in a little thing and, and said you could put that butter on the table and said he was so near blind. He might cut right down through the middle of it instead of the side. And said that's where he was at. And he went to a revival and got saved. Ernest was his name. And he got saved. And uh, he come back home a saved man, changed man. He got out of that business uh, one of the most respectable men that ever lived in Washington County, I guess, uh, 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 sparing none. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And Ethel said uh, she didn't have any shoes. She had a family of children. And she said, I, I, I just want to go to church and get saved. She said, I don't want to be a sinner any longer. And said, I won't worry about going to church. If I can just go to church and get saved, I'll be happy to stay at home and raise my family and know that the Lord lives in my heart. And Miss Ethel was in for a surprise. She borrowed, I believe she said, a pair of shoes from somebody to go to church. And that night she went to church, she got saved, and she went to the church as long as she lived. One of the most faithful, uh, I don't know if Ernest ever owned a car in his life. But he and Ethel Cyphers went to church on a regular basis and as much as any two people that I ever knew in my life. But the Lord, when he comes into our life, you say, but preacher, there's a lot of things wrong with me and a lot of things in my life that I need to take care of. Well, now, you see, if we could take care of it, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die, you see. Uh, that's the thing about it, that God has a gift that he wants to give us. And he gives us because of what Jesus did for us. And we accept that gift with gratitude in our heart for what God's done for us. He loves us. And it doesn't matter what kind of shape we're in, 
When we come to the Lord and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, He forgives us of all of those sins, blots them out, and treats us in a much better way than David was capable of treating Mephibosheth. And he gave him the best he had. Whatever kind of food David was eating for lunch that day, that's what Mephibosheth got. Whatever he had for breakfast, that's what Mephibosheth got. Eat at my table, and you come every day. And you'll do that right on and on. And that's what God has promised us, is a promise for eternity. You say, now, preacher, I'm doing pretty good in this world. Well, that's great. That's great that you're doing good. But the time is coming. We have to leave this world that we can't stay here any longer. Then where we're going. Remember the story? The preacher went out to visit this rich farmer. He showed him uh, what he owned. He pointed in every direction. He pointed uh, in the east and west and north and south and says, preacher, everything you see that belongs to me. He was new in the community. The preacher was. And he thought it was the opportune time, and he pointed up towards heaven. He said, my brother, how much do you own in that direction? He said, I guess I don't own much in that direction. I don't own much east, west, north, and south. But I'll tell you what's true. Boys, in that direction, I've got something up there. And I want you to go with me to heaven. I want you to go with me to heaven. And there's not a thing in the world that I could do for you to take you there. Nothing more than what I'm doing right now. And to love you and pray for you. And ask the Lord to touch your heart. But God can fix that problem up. If you're here today without Christ, I hope you'll come. Would you bow your heads as Brother Homer sings for us, please? Think seriously about your life. And then you need to do something about it. Need to do something about it. You need to give your heart to the Lord. And the Lord is in business and ready to do business with you this very day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful story that you had put in the Bible about Mephibosheth and how he was honored by King David, sat at his table, ate his food, and his life could be lived as a life of leisure other than the physical infirmities that he had because David took care of him. And Lord, that's what you do for our soul and for our salvation, that you take care of all of that. We just come to you with our lives, regardless of what kind of shape they're in, and we give our heart to you, and you forgive us of all of our sins and make us right and ready to meet you. And you're ready to do that today for those who will come. And I pray that you'd help those who need to to come and give their heart to the Lord while they have time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing together? 251. Page number 251. Come if you will as we sing on the first verse. The Lord loves you and he cares about you very, very much. Gave the best he had. Come and accept that gift, will you? Jesus is tenderly calling thee home, calling today, calling today. What from the sunshine of love will thou roam, farther and farther away?
Jesus calls with a tender, loving, kind voice. I think about it so many times of how Elijah was going to see the Lord and talk with him and the earthquake come. The Lord says, I'm going to come by. An earthquake come, a fire come, a wind blew through the mountain. A terrible time. Elijah didn't even get up to go out to the entering end of the cave. And then a still, small voice, a whisper, if you will. And as soon as Elijah heard that, he went out to the entering end of the cave, and the Lord passed by. The Lord loves you, and he's calling with a tender, loving voice. Let's sing the chorus just one more time, will you, Omer? Call 